Hey sisters, Christy here from Book Club Sisterhood. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast. This is where we share our weekly book discussions with you so you can listen while multitasking or enjoying your favorite drink and reading along with us. I hope you enjoy this discussion. Let's grow. Hey sisters, I'm Christy, co-founding sister at Book Club Sisterhood. We are starting a new book this week. I absolutely love, love, love this book. It's called Enter Wild by Carlos Whitaker. If you're not following him on Instagram, I highly recommend you do. His name is Los Wit. So you basically just like take off the first couple letters of his first name and the last little bit of his last name. And that's his, his name on Instagram. So he's doing some pretty awesome stuff over there raising money for people in need and he's just really inspirational and fun to follow so highly encourage you to do that we are going to be chatting about chapters one through five tonight and all of these chapters are in part one of the book which is called enter rest so i wanted to start with the intro actually we're going to start with memory verse um our theme this month is called is faith tested and i got that partially from this verse um mm. this is one of the backgrounds for the phones that i put out for you guys in the i put the yellow one did you i really <laughs> i like the yellow one too i might change this um so our memory verse this month is james 1 3 for you know that when your faith is tested your endurance has a chance to grow mm-hmm. so, that's why we have to get out of our comfort zone and you know, it hurts to grow. I like that picture of a little flower sprouting up through the snow. Like, you know, that that hat couldn't be comfortable going through that cold snow to grow, but it, it persevered. Um, so we have to go through trials sometimes to grow our faith. So, all right, I'm going to start on page five at part of the introduction. It's the end of the introduction. Um, so he's just kind of going over what this book's kind of about. So the last paragraph there, it says, what if I told you that a mild faith can blow up into a wild faith? Will it take hard work? Yes. But here's the truth. You can wake up every single morning and sprint into a day filled with miracles, signs, and wonders. It's possible. Absolutely. It's happened. It happened to me. Um, so we've, are we've, talk about all the time, like whatever you're looking for, you're going to find whether it's good stuff or bad stuff. So I think when you're looking for miracles, you're going to find them. Um, I mean, if, if you're thinking about it, like the sun rising in the same place every single day, exactly the way it does, that's a miracle. Like the fact that we are breathing right now, I mean, that's a miracle. If you just look at the way a baby is made in the womb um, if, if one small piece of that gets, you know, um, what's the word unaligned, that's not the right word, but, um, you know, things can go terribly wrong. So I think it's important to remember that if, if you're looking for miracles, you're absolutely going to find them. We're talking about, we had the month of miracles in August, but now it's running into September at church. And it's, I mean, the people's lives that are being changed at our church right now is just incredible. Um, there's, I think I told you about her, um, a couple weeks ago, Jasmine who died during childbirth and they were able to revive her. And then they told her she had leukemia. Well, I talked to her on Monday and not Monday last Friday. Um, I talked to her and they did a, a repeat bone marrow biopsy and her 
um, her original one showed 80% leukemia cells. Her repeat a week ago was zero. Wow. Like in a month, there are zero leukemia cells in her bone marrow. That's crazy. I remember Jasmine. She mm-hmm. got the two or three little kids. Yeah, she's so oh. sweet. Um, yeah. Kairos is the baby. He's her fifth child. So she has older kids. So, I mean, yeah. God's moving. You just have to, you just have to have that wild faith and look around because it's happening every single day. Um, all right. So part one is called enter rest. And in chapter one it is called gold, gold thrones. Um, he starts out with, uh, quoting John 10, 10, and it says on page 11, it says, John 10, 10 says this, the thief come, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. God wants us to have an abundant life, not a mediocre life, but a life bigger than we could ever dream of ourselves. We can't see everything that's coming and things that we dream of or think of like aren't even close to what God's capable of. So this this chapter is, it's really good. So first of all, he talks about on pages 12 through 16, he talks about a 5.4% abundance. Um, so, you know, we just tend to go, okay, I mean, that's okay. We have a little bit of a miracle. We'll take that. And we'll just settle for that. When God wants us to have an abundant life, that's not an abundant life. So he paints this picture of a 5.4% abundant life. He describes a Disney vacation where you only get to experience 5.4% of the awesome parts. So basically you spend your entire day waiting in line and you get a three minute ride you wait two hours for a three minute ride and you're like, okay, yay. I guess that's enough for today because, well, okay. I guess that was enough. We were so excited riding two rides the entire day and carrying a tired five-year-old out at the end of the day when it's still open for another seven hours. That's, that's just going to be enough. And then on page 16 through 18, he tells us about his trip to universal where he had someone that he knew in Florida knew the owner or the, um, the VP of universal parks goes to his friend's church. So he got him a gold pass. So he's comparing that Disney trip to his universal trip where they got, they got into both of the universal parks for free. They got to ride the tram back and forth between the parks for free. The gold pass also got them to the front of the line of all the rides. So you guys can see how that compares because you don't have to wait all day in line. You don't have to pay to get in because you know, it costs a million dollars to get into some of those parks. At least it feels like, especially, I think he's got three or four kids. I don't remember. It might be three. Um, he's got three kids plus him and his wife. That's five people. That's a lot of money you got to spend to get into those places. Um, I mean, talk about abundance, right? That's the difference between what we settle for in this life and what we could have when we go all in with God. So I love that comparison. Um, and then on 18, he talks about in John 10, 10, going back to that, he says that the abundant life in John 10, 10 is the Greek word for 
I'm going to mess this up. Zoe. I don't know. There's, there's a little mark above the E. So I'm going to say it looks like Zoe, Z-O-E, but there's yeah. marks above the O and the E. So I don't, I don't speak Greek, obviously. Um, <laughs> Nella. He said Zoe. <laughs> what is it? Zoe. Zoe. Okay. Yeah. Those little, those little accents make me accent, yeah, more fun, but okay. Um, so that just means life. So at the bottom of that same paragraph on 18, he says, um, so he's talking about the thief that wants to come and kill, um, who is here to steal, kill and destroy that guy, that guy can't touch your soul because of the Zoe the abundant life, the life to the full that is growing inside you. He can't touch what Jesus is already a part of. He's already in you. The Holy spirit lives in you. He can't touch you. Can't touch this. Right. I'm not going to sing, but y'all know that song. I can't remember who sings it. Why am I like at a loss? Can't touch this. Yep. There you go. I, I can see him dancing in the pants, but I couldn't think of his name. MC Hammer. <laughs> dancing um, in the pants. <laughs> the thief can't touch you because oh. he's inside of you. At the bottom of 18, the very last couple sentences there, he says, we have to switch our definition to mean abundant, no matter your job. Abundance, no matter how much money you have. Abundance, no matter your marital status. Abundance, no matter your living conditions. With the Holy Spirit inside you, no matter what trials come your way, you can live abundantly. It, it doesn't matter what this world is trying to hold you back from. Jesus wants you to go all in. If you give him all of you, he's going to bless you. And he's going to show you what an abundant life looks like. And that's what he wants for us. He wants us to live abundantly. That's what John 10, 10 says, right? He's not going to offer that and be like, ah, but I'm just going to give you 5.4% of it just a little teaser. Um, and I absolutely love this on 19. He says, abundance has nothing to do with accumulating things and everything to do with accessing the King. We have full access to him. There's absolutely nothing this world can wedge between you and God. You have full access to the King. There is nothing the enemy can do to pull you away from God. He can't touch you, right? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He can't touch you because Jesus lives inside of you. You have the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.38 says, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the power of hell can separate us from God's love. That means nothing on earth or the afterlife can ever separate you from God. So once you accept him, you just got to go all in because he wants this abundant life for you, but you have to, you have to move too. He can only come so close. He, he can't force you to go in. You have to go. So, okay. I have to keep going this gets better and I, I can't stop here. <laughs> All right. Chapter two, losing our minds. I know I'm pretty familiar with that. <laughs> I think we I all are uh... frequently losing my mind. 
So on page 22, toward kind of toward the top, it says, and the only way to truly begin to hear him more is to lower the volume of life. So in this chapter, he's talking about getting quiet so you can hear God's voice. So I've talked about this before. Like I started praying in my car. I turned the radio off. I stopped listening to podcasts on my way to work and I just started praying. I wanted to, I wanted to hear God. That's what started this. I wanted to hear his voice. I wanted to have a stronger relationship with him because I kind of felt myself at like a standstill. I was reading my Bible. I was, you know, praying in the morning, trying to grow. And I just didn't feel that growth. So I stopped listening to things, even though they were Christian podcasts and it was worship music or it was whatever it was that I was listening to. It was a distraction. It was too loud for me to hear God's voice. So I turned off all the distractions, which is really hard in our life right now. Um, which is the next thing I'm going to talk about. So let me back up. Um, I, so I started praying in my car and it got quiet enough for me to hear God. I've had some amazing conversations with him and I just had to let everything around me get quiet. When things get quiet, we get awkward, right? <laughs> it feels awkward when there's silence, right? <laughs> it's like a moment of silence for silence. Um, I heard a song today. I've never heard the song before. And the opening lines just like grabbed me. And I was sitting in my car. I had just arrived at church. I had to do a couple things for our coffee ministry. And I had just pulled up and normally like I'm in the car, I'm doing, you know, I'm driving, I'm focusing on that. I'll kind of sing along, but this was a brand new song I never heard. And the opening lines just, it, it just hit me. It says, it's my Jeremy camp. It says, I find it's always the lie that is the loudest. I know the one with the power is never the one that's shouting. Uh it's always the world trying to grab us away from God, right? The things that are the loudest in our life are the things that are trying to pull us away from God. God's going to come in a whisper. He's not going to be all up in your face trying to shout at you. And that's what I love about this song. It says, I know the one with the power is never the one that's shouting. I think we need to remember that because we expect to hear the voice of God but we never turn off all the noise so that we can hear him. And I'm super guilty of that. Like there's sometimes I'm just like, there's so much stimulation coming in. I lose touch with him. On 23, he says, we are exposed to as much information in one day as our ancestors encountered in a whole lifetime. A lot of information coming in. It's hard it's hard to hear the stuff that you really need to hear. Um, I was just talking to PJ before we started, but I worked yesterday and I walked into my office. I signed into my computer and I found four messages in our messaging system, a couple of emails, a voicemail. I was way overstimulated. All I did was walk in the door, sign into my computer. And I was like, whoa, I got all kinds of problems to deal with. So it was very overwhelming and it kind of didn't stop the whole day. It was a holiday. So it's a little, it's kind of an in-between day where it's like, it's a weekday, but things are closed. So it was like, it's holidays are weird at the hospital. Um, if you've never worked there on a holiday, it's interesting. Um, so 
I also heard somewhere that we have our best ideas in the shower because it's the only place that we're not having stuff come at us because it's quiet. You can think to yourself without hearing things come in. I don't know if you guys have seen the shower curtains that have pockets on the outside of the shower curtains. You can like slip your tablet or your phone in there and like watch something while you're showering. Guys, we've gone nuts. <laughs> you do not need a phone or a tablet or anything in the shower with you. It's, it's a good place to pray. You can have, you know, ask God to talk to you in the shower because that's a great opportunity to not have your phone coming at you, your notification bells going off, which leads me to the next thing I wanted to share is that we had a 21 day fast. We have that every January at church. And it's usually like you fast from something in your life that you feel like is taking more of your time away from spending time with God. So Two Januarys ago, I decided to fast from scrolling on social media. Now with book club and with, um, you know, the business of book club, I have to be on social media, but I can post things without scrolling through the feed. So I decided to stop scrolling social media on my personal feed. And then I also decided to turn off the notifications on my phone. So I turned off Facebook, Instagram, and all my emails. I turned them off because I knew that email's not usually super like respond right now. Otherwise you would text or call me. <laughs> so I turned off all those notifications and I still have not turned them back on. It's been almost two years and it was so liberating and it was so quiet without my phone buzzing every 10 seconds. Like I highly recommend it. I don't need to know what's going on Facebook every single second of the day. I don't think any of us do, but that has been so good for me because as soon as I would put my phone down, it would buzz, which makes me want to go grab it and see what it says. And then I get distracted and waste time scrolling. I can't recommend it enough. I'm surprised at how many people after I get off of work, ask me if I've seen something they've posted. I'm like, I was working. I'm not on <laughs> Facebook at work. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you're crazy. <laughs> I guess. Because that's, I mean, it's like, <laughs> I don't know what they think I do at work, but it's not scrolling Facebook. Right. No, I, I don't have all those <clears throat> notifications on. I think it's great because it drives me crazy when I'm sitting next to somebody and their phone oh. is constantly going. And I keep going, what was that? What is that? Who is that? Yeah. Turn it off. Yeah. It was very liberating for me to get rid of all that. So. And, and when you're having a meal with somebody... I find it very disrespectful when you're sitting oh, yeah. chatting and somebody's on their phone the whole time. Yeah. I took somebody I out agree. to lunch for their birthday one time and they were just on their phone the whole time. I was like, great. Just, this has been fun. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you going to say uh, something, Nella? No, I'm also saying that I know that this, this, this is bad when yeah. you are out and you are with your friends or family, then mm -hmm is you need to talk and say something you know like a yeah family chat yep. <laughs> or friends chat and you yeah, can I try to be very because, careful uh, yeah yeah i've tried to get better at not looking at my phone especially when i'm out with a friend or i mean even my family like at dinner time i i have like a a kind of a rule about not having devices while we're eating like we need to talk we're a family let's let's make eye contact and actually look at each other <laughs> instead yeah. of our phones all right on the top of 120 i'm oh, sorry on the top of 27 getting a little ahead of myself <clears throat> 
He says, my hope is that you will slow down enough to hear God in ways you never could have imagined. Uh, I distinctly remember I was sitting in the Starbucks drive through when I got an answer to a prayer. I had been asking God to reveal to me what the fear of God was. I mean, I knew it wasn't like, I'm afraid of God. He's so scary. That's not what the fear of God is. But I was struggling to kind of get a sense of, well, what is it then? Because when we think fear, we're like, ah, spider, kill it. You know, that that's not the kind of fear that the fear of God is. So I was praying. I had the radio off. It was in silence. And I was just waiting to pull up to the speaker at Starbucks. I was praying. I said, God, thank you for your amazing creation. Like I saw the sun shining in the, in the sky. And I was just so thankful for that. And I said, I'm in awe of you. I began crying. I said, I'm in awe of you and just started bawling right in the middle of the Starbucks drive-through. Thankfully I wasn't at the speaker yet, (laughs) but crying is often my reaction when the Holy spirit kind of starts stirring in me. And that's, that's my, my, uh, alert, I guess that I need to pay attention, but that was it. That's what the fear of God is. It's being in awe of him. And that was such an answer to prayer because I had been thinking about it and studying it and trying to figure out like how it could make sense to me. And I didn't hear his voice. It was actually my voice, but he tuned me into it. He helped me to hear what I said and to realize that that was it. I just gave myself the answer, but God directed me to where I needed to look to find the answer. And right there all by myself in the Starbucks drive-thru, I got my answer to prayer. So if you give him the opportunity and you quiet yourself and you quiet the world around you, you're going to hear God speak. It's probably not going to be audibly. I don't know if some people have that, but I mean, I have felt like God has just placed things in front of me or lined things up perfectly so that things happened, but I can't say I've ever heard his actual voice. So, all right. Chapter three is be still. Of course, the verse Psalm 46, 10, he says at the beginning of chapter three, he has some kind of quote or like a verse at the beginning of each chapter. And of course, this one says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. I love that verse. Mm -hmm. So he opens this chapter, not only with that verse, but also with the story of Moses and he takes the people out of Egypt in Exodus and they get to the Red Sea and the Egyptians are hot on their heels because the Pharaoh let the people go, but then he decided, Hey, wait, all my workers just left. What the heck? Um, so he sends his army after Moses and the Israelites. So in true Israelite fashion, which we'll see in future chapters of Exodus, right? Um, they say, Oh, let us go back. Why did you take us just to die in the desert? Like you've pulled us out of our homes where we're comfortable. We're slaves, but we're comfortable. So why don't you just let us go back to the Egyptians where we can be safe and secure and have what we think is enough, you know, the 5.4% of abundance. Um, This is Exodus 14, 10 through 12. Um, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but they're saying, let us go back. Why did you take us out here just so we could die in the desert? So I love Moses' response. On page 31, he quotes it here, the second paragraph. Um, 
He says, Moses answered, don't be afraid, stand still, and you will see the Lord save you today. So that's Exodus 14, um, verse 13, stand still. We are not good at that. Our society very much condones like going all the time. If you're not going, you're being lazy. You're not good enough. If you're not trying all the time, but look what God did when the Israelites stood still, they did nothing so that he could have the room to work and do his job. (coughs) Excuse me. The sea parted and they escaped the enemy and then God drowned the enemy. So not only did he make a way for them to get out, he also got rid of the problem. So he they only needed a solution of getting through. But in true God fashion, he went above and beyond and just took care of the Egyptians so that they wouldn't have to worry about them coming after them later. I mean, look what God can do. And we limit him way too much. On the bottom of 32, he says a chaotic life doesn't lead to wild. It leads to weary. So good. That's why God says we need to take a Sabbath to rest every week. Not just when we're worn out, but every single week. Bye, Bye, Shelly. She Bye. Bye. You going? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I got to go watch my grandson play baseball. Okay. <laughs> See you guys. Okay, have fun. <laughs> have fun. We love you. We love you too. <laughs> All right. So on the bottom of 32, he says a chaotic life doesn't lead to wild. It leads to weary. So God asks us to take a Sabbath every single week. He doesn't want us to get worn down, but he wants us to take a rest routinely so that we can slow down and hear him. Um, And that's how important it is to keep coming back to rest. And I know PJ, you're a pastor's wife. Sunday's probably not a great day for a Sabbath for you because it's a lot of work. I am a ministry leader at my church, so it's, it's very busy. Um, on Sundays. So my Sabbath is, I I try to make it on Saturday when I'm not working. Um, I don't work, you know, I work every sixth Saturday. So every Saturday that I'm off, I try to make that family day and rest and spend time together as a family because the kids are in school Monday through Friday. So that's our day of Sabbath. And it's going to look different for everybody. I mean, Sunday doesn't have to be your Sabbath. If you've got every Thursday off and that's going to be the day that you get to rest and listen to God, whatever works for you. God doesn't say every Sunday you have to rest because I mean, then we wouldn't have church because there's people that have to work at church on Sundays. So, all right, chapter four. So the biggest point of chapter three is just that you have to rest at some point. You can't be going all the time. So let's talk about uh, daily prayer. So chapter four, about daily prayer on 36 he says kind of toward the middle so he's talking about planting his wife is planting different vegetables and flowers and things in their garden and he says the joy can't come solely from the harvest it has to come from the process 
So he, he was talking about, you know, oh, this is so much backbreaking work. And then you might not, you know, you might get to see a harvest at the end. That's worth it. You may not, you know, if, if the weather or bugs or gophers have their way, you might not get a harvest. So this, this goes with our, our prayer life as well. We can't just do all the work and not enjoy it because to build a relationship with God, it, it works so much better when you enjoy the process. I absolutely love to read these stories in the Bible. The Bible is basically one giant story, right? From the beginning of time to the end of time. Um, and there's so much good information in there. And every single day I try to, I'm, I'm doing the Bible chronologically. Um, and some of the passages are not the most fun to read. Let's be honest. First Chronicles, the first few chapters are like, okay, ancestry again. Okay, let's go. How about numbers? <laughs> That's not, not all of them are fun, but there's something to learn out of all of them. It's, it's a continuous, it's God's story. And he wouldn't have written it down if we didn't need to know it. And there's been times where I've looked in Matthew chapter one and gone back to some of these like first Chronicles and compared like, because they give the lineage of Jesus in Matthew one. So when I was reading first Chronicles, I was going back and going, oh, okay, cool. Like just to see how things line up. But if you don't enjoy it every day, you're not going to be able to build as much of a relationship with God. I love like eventually after you read the Bible and pray every day for a while, you get to see the fruits of that labor you know, the harvest, you get to see how, you know, a, a verse comes to mind when you need it. If you're trying to talk to someone or pray over someone, it comes to mind. If you're going through a situation in your own life, like John 10, 10 came to me, you know, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. I had to speak that over my own life. Like, don't let him take this from you. You're, he's trying to steal it. Um, so when you have those things in your brain, you can reach for those instead of reaching for something in the world, you have that access to that. Um, and it's so beautiful to see the harvest, but also if you just enjoy the day-to-day -day as best you can, I mean, sometimes it's, it's just lineage, it's just numbers and you just have to push through. But sometimes, I mean, even in those parts of the Bible, I have found wisdom and have grown from it. So it definitely, He's just talking about planting, but I'm talking about growing your faith in that vert, in that section. So, and then on page 40, he talks about a few of the things. Um, <coughs> this actually accomplishes That's a few true. things for us. So daily prayer consecrates our day. It consecrate, um, sorry, consecrate is just a fancy way of saying dedicate. So I like to start my day off with prayer and reading the Bible because I can get up before my kids and have that quiet time. And it kind of sets me up for the day. I know on Monday when I worked, it was a little rough at work, but I start, I was able to get up in time to start my day with prayer and reading my Bible. And I even prayed on the way to work. And I just felt like so much inner peace, even with like the world spinning crazy around me. I still just, I felt good. I just felt good. Like deep down, you know, when I got to go home and 
crashed, but <laughs> um, crashed onto the couch, not like crashed my car. Anyway, <laughs> just to be clear, that was Friday that it crashed my car. Um, <laughs> talk about that in a minute. Um, <laughs> so then, so daily prayer consecrates our day. That's why I feel like it's a great thing to start your day with reading the Bible and praying. Um, and then also daily prayer brings us back into fellowship with God. And he says in this paragraph, these days take a toll on us. Praying scripture is a great way to reset. So that goes back to, you know, enjoying the process and reaping that harvest because when your days are long, praying scripture over yourself, having it in your brain to rely on, you can pull that out of your memory and say, you know what? God said this. And that's, that can get you through your day, even a really busy, crazy day. Like we had at work yesterday. Um, that was a great way to reset. Um, daily prayer also slows us down, which we talked about in the last chapter. It gives us time to be quiet and just have a conversation with God. And that's why I turned my radio off. I stopped listening to podcasts in the car because I needed to grow my relationship with God. And that was how I felt was best to do it. And it worked. Um, so turning down, turning down the noise. All right. On page 41. <clears throat> Sorry, guys, I'm a little stuffy tonight. All right. On 41, he says, you can step into your day knowing that you have called forth and commanded the kingdom of God to touch every facet of your life. So I was getting up at 6am in the morning to read my Bible. But then my kids started getting up at 6.15. I said, this is so early. Why are you awake? Um, I thought about putting them to bed later, but I don't want to. So they just need to stay in bed longer. <laughs> so it kept happening for like a week or two. And finally I said, I'm gonna have to get up at 5.30, aren't I? Not a fan, but I started doing it and it worked. My kids actually started getting up later. So then I had even more time, which is crazy, but, but God, right. Um, I, so now I kind of, I get up between like 5 45. I might hit snooze once, not going to lie. Um, but I try to be up no later than 5 45 so that I can get that time in. Um, it was really nice this morning. I, I had time to read my Bible and I prayed. And then I even got to like get on my computer and start a little bit of work before my kids started hounding me for stuff. So that was really nice. All right. Chapter five. I finally heard, I love this story. His, his, this is his story about the first time he remembers God speaking to him. And the story is so awesome. He began to feel his anxiety lift as he went through his daily prayer. So he has a prayer at the back of the book and I don't know what page, cause I didn't look it up before we started. Like I should have, um, it's in the back of the book. I don't know what page. Um, it doesn't have a page number. Doesn't. Okay. So it's in the back of the book called Daily Prayer. Uh, he says this every single day. I think it takes him approximately like 30 he minutes. Is it the one the false and play? No, Let's it's called false. Daily Prayer. I think it's after that a little bit. Oh, my oh. daily play. Yeah. Yeah. So as he was going through it that day, he almost didn't do his daily prayer that day. Cause he was just really feeling down. His anxiety was getting to him and he almost didn't do it. And his wife said, well, let's do it together. So oh, the yeah. way it reads, I That's think beautiful. that 
I think the way it reads, they kind of did it separately, but at the same time on the same couch next to each other, because she was done by the time he got done. But anyway, um, at the end of his reading, he felt some of the anxiety lift. And then he asked God, you know, what part of the Bible do you want me to read? And he just felt this come on him. Like Matthew, I think it was Matthew 14. Um, God told him to read and he had read this several times before. I mean, he's a preacher. He speaks, um, on this topic so this wasn't a new chapter to him but sometimes Matthew 14 yeah yeah so sometimes God can open your eyes to new things every time you read the Bible I mean I've I've read the verse be still a no so many times but I got something completely different from it last week uh God really spoke to me through that verse last week so um so it's just you know so we went through with it he was like Matthew 14 okay what verse and God was like the whole thing, Matthew 14. Uh, so he read the whole chapter and he happened to have his wife's Bible, not his own, which he usually has. And she normally writes all kinds of notes in the margins and makes little notes to herself. And that page was blank. So he looks up at the top and he sees just the word anxiety. That's all it said. And it pointed to one of the verses and he freaked out. He was like, God just spoke to me. Like, it's, it's so awesome. Like, I hope you guys if you didn't get the book, please go get the book. Read this chapter. If this is the only thing you read, this is such a beautiful story. Um, it's no, I read it. It's really beautiful. Yeah, it's really yeah. awesome. God just lines things up. Yeah, sometimes, guys, like it's crazy. So he talks about his experience being a coincidence. He said, "I would totally agree with you, except that it happens every single day." So. <laughs> At the bottom of 48, he says, it stopped being a coincidence when we made a decision to believe that a man who was fully God walked the earth 2000 years ago to proclaim this insane good news that was then was murdered and buried and rose again, only to tell us an invisible spirit would take his place on planet earth to guide us on a daily basis. That's not a coincidence. (laughs) I... I don't believe in coincidences. I've talked to you guys about this before. Like, I think God lines situations and people up in our lives to, to make a point, make a difference. Um, I really wasn't kidding. We did have a car accident on Friday. Um, it was a small fender bender. It was, I mean, she barely bumped us. It's no big deal. The accident was no big deal. God put us exactly where we needed to be at exactly the right time. And this is the only time in my life I've ever been thankful to be in a car accident. (laughs) I was so happy that God put us there for this woman because she was not safe to drive. And if we hadn't been there, she could have hit someone else and hurt herself or someone else severely. And God put us in her path and let her hit us, had her hit us so that we could stop her. Because if she hadn't hit us, she would have hit someone else. And if she hadn't hit us, she may have wandered around the city for as long as her gas tank would take her. She was confused. She was in an area that she wasn't supposed to be in. She was trying to get to a doctor's appointment. And so I can make this such a long story, but I'm not going to. This, this woman, we ended up, we we're trying to get her to call her family let them come get her and drive her home. And finally, I just looked at her. I said, what if my husband drives your car? You can ride with me. We probably stood there for at least 30 minutes talking to her um, and trying to get information and 
it was it's a mess. Like I said, I can make this a very long story, but I'm trying to keep it short. <clears throat> End of the story. My husband, Gianni, drives her car. She gets in the van with me and we take her back to her home. That's like 20 minutes away from where we were because I didn't feel like she was safe. And had anybody else, had someone else, had she hit someone else in that same situation that wasn't as, I'm not trying to lift myself up by any means. Yeah. Please understand that. I'm not trying to say that I did this great thing. I don't care about me. God placed us there. It's all to his glory that we were able to get her home safely. Mm. Um, but if someone else had been there that wasn't kind and caring and compassionate, a lot of different things could have happened. Wow. And God lined us up right there, exactly where we needed to be in, in our new van. Just kidding. There's no, literally no damage to our van. And I don't, I, I don't care about the van. I'm just so thankful that we were able to help her and God lined that up. There's no other explanation for me like because there are no coincidences. She was behind us for a reason. We, you know, turned left at a light so that she ended up behind us for a reason. Hmm. Nothing that happens in our lives is happenstance or coincidence how can you explain God coming down to earth to walk amongst us, to give his life for us and then raising from the dead? How do you explain that? That's not a coincidence. Mm. And things that happen in our lives that line up perfectly are not a coincidence. Um, I will die on that hill if you come and try to convince me that there's any coincidence in this world. So I will stand my ground if you um. come at me with, with that but anyway um i'm glad you guys did that oh get on there's nothing else we could have i mean for me letting this confused lady keep driving was like letting a drunk driver go Mm. because she didn't know where she was she didn't know how to get where she was supposed to be going i didn't trust that she knew which way her house was at this point so there was nothing else to do so I'm, I'm just glad that we were there. I'm, I'm thankful that we got hit on Friday. <laughs> no one got hurt. I'm thankful for a car accident and I'm thankful that she go home safely. So God is good. Well, I'm say. glad you guys are okay. Yeah. Like I said, it was just a little bump. I'm just glad she was trying to find the highway. I'm glad oh, she man. didn't find it. It was to the left of where we were and she was turning right. So God was, God was still, even if we hadn't stopped, he was still trying to get her away from the highway, at least. Was an old lady? Yeah. Yeah, was old. Yeah. All right, so that's the end of chapter five. We're going to discuss chapter six through ten next week, and that will take Mm -hmm. us into part two, which is called Enter War. So six is the end of part one, and then we'll go into part two of this book it's so good guys i, I really hope that you like it and i it is i know book. that we're gonna it get a lot book. out of this because even this first week i'm like i'm like on fire i'm ready to go um quick announcement if you guys i don't know if you saw it i posted it just like an hour or so before we jumped on here so i am doing a bible study i'll be posting a video once a week for the month of september um it's on hebrews 11 so it's called the people of faith bible study 
uh, it'll be posted in the Facebook group. Um, so it's a private group where we can, we come together as a community um, to talk about life and everything. The same place that this, this video is posted. If you're listening on the podcast, it's book club sisterhood on Facebook under groups. You can find us there. You can just request to join. Um, but I will also I'll probably be posting it on the podcast as well, but it'll be a weekly video where we talk about Hebrews 11, um, is, is sometimes called the hall of faith. Um, but the author of Hebrews just went through a lot of people in the Bible that had a really strong faith, even through super hard times. So we're going to talk about those people, um, and hopefully learn what God has for us to hear in that. So I'm excited, uh, nervous, but excited. <laughs> it's going to be really good. So I hope you guys yeah, can watch can't those wait. videos and let me know what you think. All right. We already have a couple of prayer requests. Shelly had to get off um, the video, but she has surgery next Wednesday, which thank the Lord is finally scheduled. So we'll pray for her. Um, no, you said, you said Mikey's friend, Gary, his dad passed away and he, Gary's yeah, the dad passed away. So we pray for the family. Yeah, and then a two day, two days after the, the dad's brother passed away in North Carolina. Oh, wow. So, um, so it's a, uh, that's where they got the COVID at the first oh. time. They went to visit and they got okay. the COVID. And okay, so we'll pray over their whole family. Yeah, we need to pray. Okay. Anything else? Mm, no, we are good. We'll pray for my husband. He's He's got a cold. Well, he didn't go to the church and then. Huh? Tonight, he was going to go to the church. No, he didn't go. Oh. Nope. No. We'll play for them. They get sealed soon. Quick. Yep. All right. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear God, thank you so much for these women in this group and on the podcast. God, thank you for allowing us to reach out to them and share this book with them. God, I just thank you for the freedom to do this in your name. God, we just thank you so much for Carlos Whitaker writing this book. Lord, we, we thank you that we have the ability to read your word and we have access to your word. God, we just thank you so much for all of the, the benefits that we have to access what you want us to hear. God, um, we praise you that Shelly's surgery is scheduled for next week. God, we just ask that you keep your hands over her and help guide the surgeon's hands as they heal her. God, we, um, we ask for Gary's family, Lord, they're still suffering with, um, with COVID and lost two people in their family. God, we just ask you to wrap them in peace, help them to feel you near and to trust you and know that you have a plan for them. God, Lord, we also want to lift up Gianni so that he can feel better. Lord, um, I just pray that he will be feeling a lot better in the morning and tonight as well. Lord, I pray that you just you know, watch over all of us, God, keep us safe. We ask for your safety and guidance for the woman that rear-ended us on Friday. God, just help her to make wise decisions and help her family also to guide her in the right path. Lord, we ask that you just take care of all the unspoken requests. God, you know what's on everyone's heart and you know what their needs are, Lord. 
We thank you so much again for allowing us to gather together, God. We're so thankful that we have this community and this group of women to support each other, Lord. Thank you so much. And we just praise you and thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. Come in. Thank you, guys. You working tomorrow? Nope. No. Work Thursday? Nope. No. Oh, whoa. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Have a good night. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the BCS podcast. If you would like to chat with us, please join our community on Facebook, Book Club Sisterhood. And you can find us on Instagram as Book Club Sisterhood as well. We can't wait to hang out with you again next week. Let's grow.